Coming up, what an excellent day for pea soup. Well, howdy folks, and welcome to Minute 86 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist Minute by Terrifying Minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so our minute begins with a familiar voice saying, Could you help an old alto boy, Vada? And it ends in a familiar basement playroom looking at some art. Mmm, yes. But before we head down to the basement, let's finish this little tete-a-tete we got going on upstairs. Folks, if you'll remember, Damien had just turned away from the bed and begun walking toward the window as he says, Show me Reagan, and I'll undo one of the straps. We now cut to a close-up of his face as we hear a familiar voice. Well, maybe familiar. It's been a while for us. We haven't heard it since minute 19, way back in November of last year. But for Dimmy, I'm sure he had no trouble recognizing the voice of the homeless man in the subway. The homeless man who, in the movie at least, it's very clear that he didn't help. Mm-hmm. Now that voice floats back up to the surface of his memory like some forgotten ghost. Right. And it does the same for us because it's such a distinctive voice, right? Mm. Uh, so now now we don't realize it at the time, but we have given like this incredibly distinctive uh, performance by Vinnie Russell. So yes. that, you know, at the time, we just, oh, that's just a really weird interesting thing but now when it calls back here we're like oh god that's the that's the guy right Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. or if we don't necessarily recognize that cadence that accent this really strange line even could you help when a lot the boy fought right uh that even if we don't i think that most people would remember that right Mm -hmm, but even mm -hmm. if we don't we're like oh that's so that's so strange right it's it's so something it's not just like some random thing that, that, that he's saying Right. It's very, very distinct. It's right. not the demonic voice. It's not right. Burke's voice, like you know what you did, right? <laughs> right. It's not it's not anything we've heard except that one other time in the movie, right? And and right. you know, so so it's clear that like <laughs> Reagan's not doing a bit or right. something like that. It's not like Robin Williams as the genie, right? <laughs> <laughs> going, I'm gonna give you this voice, I'm gonna give you this voice, right? I'm gonna uh, yeah, come, come on down to Crazy Eddie's. We're gonna give you a Honda Civic from nineteen eighty six at a discount <laughs> price to you, right? Like and then <laughs> right, there's, there's not doing that. No. Um, this is something that we are meant to remember that will bother us, right? Yes, yes, yes. And, and even if we don't exactly remember it, mm-hmm. it tugs at our brain a little bit. It's like, why, why do I remember that, right? Right. And we see it happening to Damien, right? To Jason Miller mm-hmm. kind of, th- he thinks about that, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And he just, he doesn't like, uh, yeah, he's not like amused. He's not like, oh yeah, what a funny bit, Robin Williams. <laughs> do another one. Do, do another hey, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you do my mother? No. <laughs> Right. Give me a Richard Nixon. Right? Yeah. Give, me, give me an impression of the day. Right. <laughs> you know, it's really funny. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> no. So it's not. Yeah. But like, and to to that point, Keenan. Mm-hmm. Again, folks, I just want to comment on the subtlety of performance here. Right. The only indication we get that this affects Karis is that he stops. Mm-hmm. Again, we have actors playing with silence and stillness in that way, right? Using that negative space in a way that is so much louder than if he had, you know, like turned around and was like, <gasps> whoa, 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 what? You know, and it might also be because at the same time, he's trying not to show that this affects him. Mm-hmm. Remember, that's something we also said in real life. People try their best not to cry, not to show vulnerability in front of other people, right? Not to show that something they said 
got to them, right? And whether Karis believes that this is the devil or not, he's not going to show this little girl that what she just said affected him. Mm -hmm. So all we get is this very brief pause. And then Karis turns his face back to the bed and we can see that it is in fact troubled. Mm-hmm. And again, just to point out uh, for for people who aren't um, watching along with us like minute by minute necessarily, mm-hmm. that he, again, he, as Lester was saying, he doesn't think this is a demon. He thinks this is a little girl who's trying to get in his head. Right, right. right. Yeah. So to show like, hey, what was that? Like that would that would uh, hurt the patient. Right. Exactly. For him to show anything also, else. Yeah. Here. Right. So his professionalism as as a doctor as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that we then cut back to Reagan on the bed and she is smiling. Something else to make note of, folks. I feel like compared to the book, our movie demon smiles a little bit more rarely. So we notice when it does. Right. Book demons smiling all the time. Book demons having lots of fun. But <laughs> movie demon, at least so far, seems well, what what did we decide? Like like he was annoyed at Karis when they were talking about the straps. Like maybe it's too early to draw these comparisons just yet. But like mm-hmm. what was our what was our our like main impression? Like when we first meet this demon, that he yeah that he is annoyed. He feels disrespected. I suppose right mm, right. It's it's almost more like the the feeling I got was that for this demon it's it's it, it, it's hard to be a possessor and <laughs> and he is tired mm-hmm. and he has had a long day of spitting pea soup and mm-hmm. harassing the inhabitants of this house and throwing mm-hmm. things around and now comes Karis and like just just that wonderful shot of him first opening the door and she doesn't even she barely turns to look at him like oh what do you want mm-hmm. right like I'm tired right now <laughs> just one more thing <laughs> coming in here yeah yeah I mean, they don't not set God. up the uh, <laughs> right? anti-God. <laughs> they don't set up a TV, right? They, yeah. they don't. I don't think they have a TV in this house. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Sheesh. It's like of all of all the times that I could, you know, in history that I could that I could apparate and and you know uh, <laughs> possess somebody, and I get I get I get somebody without cable. God, <laughs> how am I supposed to watch Steve Harvey? <laughs> Right. Or Robin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is a fan of Robin Williams, folks, mm-hmm. right? Even even the demons. <laughs> ah, he's dressed as an old lady. <laughs> um, but yeah, so in any case, right, this, this demon is smiling now as he says, your mother's in here with us, Karis. Would you like – actually, no, this is not even not even menacing like that. It's like, right. is, just very like 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 matter of fact. It's like, your right. mother's in here with us, Karis. <laughs> Would you like to leave a message? I'll see that she gets it. Mm-hmm. One of the iconic lines of the film. Now, Keenan, you mm-hmm. had said earlier – that you had taken this as maybe an implication that Mary Karis was now in hell and that is now maybe like a new thing for Karis to be worried about? Like, was I was I getting that correctly? Uh, I think it'd be something to think about, yeah. And certainly mm. that's what the demon might be trying to imply. Well, you know, mm. he will say later, your mother sucks cocks in hell. Right, <laughs> so, right. <laughs> but, but this is something that, that had occurred to me as I was thinking about that in our last minute. Um, and I got excited. I'm like, no, let's think about this the next time when we heard Vinnie Russell's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so who are the people that the demon is um, bringing out? It's, uh, you know, it's Mary Karras, right? Right. Burke Dennings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have Vinnie Russell. 
uh, who Karis doesn't know from Adam, right? He, he just sees him right. on the street, etc. Um, I think in the book, it might imply that he sees him often, and then that might be why he gives him the dollar or something like that. Mm, no, I don't. I, I never, I never got that. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but, but anyway, so he doesn't really know this homeless guy. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we don't know what happens to the homeless guy. So is right. it potentially that the homeless man has died um, in the interim ah. where now, you know, now that he's dead, Pazuzu has the power to sort of think about this guy and to, to convey this person and to, to use his voice, if it were. And that, you know, um, you know, Ebenezer screws like <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, Karis doesn't give him the dollar and then he goes and dies later that day or that week. Oh, my God. So, mm-hmm. ooh, I OK, I like this take. This is this is a very interesting take, actually. Mm-hmm. And and one other thing I noticed about, like, the people that you brought up, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm only thinking about it now, but the demon only speaks in voices of people that, like, if if the person hears it, they would feel horribly guilty right that's the demon's uh, superpower <laughs> right <laughs> he's not he's not like like if somebody else had like died of natural causes mm-hmm. or something like that right like right. he's not speaking about that he's he's not speaking in that person's voice right, right? Mm-hmm. only like it, it's it's an accusatory thing it's like mm-hmm. this person is dead because of you right Mm. Yes. So even, you know, we're never, we're not going to find out. Kinderman's not going to tell us about the homeless guy he never heard about and solve the right. mystery of the homeless guy, right? Um, but it might be planting seeds in uh, Damien's head later, right? It's sort of a, oh. a long play that the demon is doing where once Damien starts to accept that this is a demon who is in some kind of communication or that's like the, at least the faint of it, that he, mm-hmm. the, I'm, a, I'm in some kind of communication with your mother and here she is and I have her with us, right? That also mm. this guy that you didn't give your last dollar to as Christ would command you is now in hell because of you. Oh, I like that. I like that. Idea. I was very excited when I when I thought about that during our last Ooh. minute. We're like, no, we need to save that for later. <laughs> that is, oh no, but that is that is really good because and and that kind of goes into my whole like my 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 whole big thing is that Captain Howdy is putting on a show. He's trying to mm-hmm. prove he is he is that traditional devil of like the prosecuting attorney who is trying to prove a point. And this is Vinnie Russell is exhibit A. Right. Right. And and Burke Dennings is exhibit B and <laughs> and, and Mary Karras is exhibit C. It's like, look at these are why you suck. Right. Right. Like this is this is why you should feel bad and you should feel bad. Shame on you. Right. And I'm gonna speak in the voice of your mom. I'm gonna speak in the voice of the homeless guy you didn't help. Mm-hmm. And for for Chris, I'm gonna speak in, in the the voice of uh, her best friend right whom whom she allowed her daughter to kill right, right exactly yeah it's so oh wow oh i love that that is mm, <laughs> yeah spine chilling yeah 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 mm-hmm. but yeah mm-hmm. i think definitely you know the implication that that pazuzu is saying okay and your mother is in hell or her mm-hmm. soul is in danger yeah oh i really really like that yeah and now now speaking to to just that so mm-hmm. i just i just want to like uh focus on that one little bit uh out of everything uh that that we just talked about because that is something that hmm, for me so, so uh, what i'm talking about is the uh um the possibility that mary Karras mm-hmm. could be in hell right. that uh that that any of these characters could be in hell that reagan might be in danger of uh, of mm-hmm. going to hell right now for me i don't think that possibility ever entered my mind i always took it as right She's, uh, you know, Mary Karras is here inside Reagan along with her mm-hmm. and also now the homeless guy. And that was like separate in my mind from being in 
hell. And and something's actually, he says a little bit later, just to, just to jump ahead a little bit, when he admits that he is not the devil in the book, right? He says mm-hmm. he's simply a devil, right? He says to Karis um, after that, he's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not the devil. I'm just a, a devil. Uh, you won't mention my slip of the tongue to our father in hell when you see him. <laughs> and Karis is like, oh, is he here? And Howdy's like, in the pig? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's just us. And us meaning like me, Reagan, Burke, your mom, right? <laughs> so there's uh, there's even a moment in the actual exorcism also when the demon turns to Karis and starts talking to him in Burke's voice, uh, begging not to be exorcised because uh, what, what does he say? It's like, oh, good, good housing is so hard to find these days, right? <laughs> and he also, he refers to Captain Howdy as their landlord. Oh, now the landlord is the uh, the enemy of the the people on Facebook right now. I don't know if you've seen. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so sorry, listeners, if you are a landlord and you make your living that way, we're going to stay yeah. out of that debate. But, but mm-hmm. that is, yeah. That is the enemy, like, uh, say, like an insurance company used to be like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. and now, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now it's the mm-hmm. landlord. Yeah. And living in LA um, <laughs> and, and having to pay rent, I have my own opinions about these things. And having, uh, you know, I don't know, problems like um, a swarm of bees on my balcony right now. I don't know which ancient Mesopotamian spirit I pissed off, but, uh, but yeah, and we've been, we've been calling our, uh, our landlord. Uh, and, uh, so what they, what they have done so far is they have put up a sign saying, watch out for the bees. <laughs> but bees can't read. <laughs> Keenan, who are you to make assumptions about bees? No, they need to send a little guy down to dance for the bees to communicate. Because <laughs> that's how bees communicates, by smells and dance. <laughs> well, that hasn't happened yet because we haven't. Uh, filled out the complaint form properly and oh put it in the god. mailbox to be oh, you know, in the mailbox. Oh yeah. my god! The mailbox, which is right outside the <laughs> yeah. landlord's room, can't just give it to him. Yeah. So, oh no. Well, yeah, we've, we've fallen sure into the landlord trap, which is where I am permanently, <laughs> right, folks. Which means our house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was trying to stay out of the politics of it, Lester. But yes, if you if you aren't aware of that, yeah, go check it out. The landlord is the enemy of um, of the millennial online right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So so little little joke there. I don't know. I don't know what the um, uh, what, what the the uh, political climate is regarding landlords back in the 1970s. Um, but yeah, so, so the, the Burke Dennings who, uh, you know, uh, who may or may not, uh, exist inside Reagan, um, jokes about Captain Howdy being their landlord. Right. But I, I don't know if it's ever been nice. Like Raskolnikov in Crime and Punishment kills his landlord, mm. you know, so yeah. I, don't, I don't think they've ever been necessarily a popular, a mm. popular idea. Like a tax collector going all the way back to like biblical, you know. Right. Yeah. I'm sure Jesus loves landlords and tax collectors. And you know. Oh, yeah. He that, loves money changers. Uh, mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. There's, yeah, yeah. there's no implica- indication that he uh, didn't think money lenders belonged in the church. Mm-hmm. That's sarcasm. Mm-hmm. I just want to make that oh, okay, clear. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it doesn't mean I have to love them. Anyway. <laughs> well, no, I guess. I guess, I guess you were commanded to. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Right. Fine. Fine, Jesus. Your mother doesn't suck cocks in hell, right? I'm just, I'm doing the Bart Simpson on the chalkboards. Like, mm-hmm. His mother doesn't suck cocks in hell. <laughs> All right. But anyway, okay. So, 
<laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, we were, we were talking about, uh, yeah, landlords. Um, but yeah, so funny little thing, you know, that happens a little bit later. Um, and then, so getting back to this like idea of, of, um, possession and the dangers of hell, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, associated with possession. Right. I, I think we talked about this before, but it was always my understanding and, and fellow Catholics, let me know if I'm wrong here. Um, that even within the belief of possession, like like baked into the possession belief, is the idea that the demon can only hurt your body and it can't actually get to your soul. Mm. So even Catholics who believe in the devil and possession understand that there is no danger of the devil stealing your soul. The devil can't steal your soul. He doesn't he doesn't have that power. He can only convince you to give it to him. And that's mm-hmm. and that's why the whole like Faustian contract and and the promise of riches on this earth and all that stuff, right? He's trying to get you to willingly give over your soul. But he could um, tempt you into doing things that would put your soul in jeopardy? Is that is that what it yes, is? Yes. Okay, right. great. Yeah. Um, and, but it's like, it's, it's the way that I understand it, right? It's, it's, it's those rules. It's like, you have to like, know that you are doing wrong, Mm -hmm. know that you are turning against God or turning away from God and still do it for your own benefit, like for riches, like for, Mm -hmm. you know, eternal youth or whatever, right? Like you have to willingly turn your face away. Yeah. The only time I've really believed that for, of a character to say they wanted to go to hell mm. is in Wuthering Heights. And oh, I'm bringing up Crime and Punishment and Wuthering Heights, mm. aren't I? It's such, wow, a smart, it's such a smarty pants today. Mm, um, <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, what's his name? Oh, God. Now nah, I can't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, David Niven's character like, wow, in the movie. Is so smart. And oh, <laughs> I want to say I want to no, say kidding, it I'm is kidding. Hinton. I, th- I believe it's Hinton. And because. Uh, okay. Kathy dies, and then mm-hmm. he, he says, like, he has this l- tiny little monologue uh, where he's like, now that Kathy's dead, the love of my life, my wife, right? Like, I I, I want to be in hell. Like, I'd rather, I'd ra- I've experienced it on earth, and I'd rather be in hell than um, than wait for, for you know, until I die to see her. Like, it hurts me so much. And that's, like, mm-hmm. one of the few times where I believe that. Because, um, yeah, because oftentimes when it's riches or something, I'm like, I don't, if you really believe in hell, I don't really understand why you would, yeah, trade it for gold. These people aren't that smart. Right? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Faust is, Faust is, no, no, I'm agreeing with you. It's like, right, that, right. that's a pretty dumb, like, if, right, like, right, right. You're like, <laughs> you must believe in hell because you're literally signing the devil's contract. Right. If Yeah, exactly. If you believe in it, then then you're it, it's such a clear bargain. Right. Like, right. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, the only time I was just like signing his name and the devil looking at it was like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> and I was like, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, sure. But, you know, like however, however many more years I have on this earth, I'm, I'm going to have a real good time. Right. Yeah. And yeah. The, I can just see Mephistopheles sitting across. It was like, yeah, but but forever, like forever. <laughs> Right. We're legally obligated to remind you forever. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> it's here in the contract. I've already done the legalese, I, but I'm, I'm just, j- you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> but, and believe it or not, folks, this goes into, this goes into like my whole characterization of Captain mm-hmm. Howdy. And I'm, and I'm excited to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, oh, so this isn't in my notes, uh, mm-hmm. Keenan, but you brought this up. You, you, you brought the, the idea of the, the Wuthering Heights character, um, whose name is Edgar he, Linton. I didn't look I, it up. No, oh, I did. Oh, of course, I you did. Remembered it. <laughs> I yeah. remembered it. Yes. yes. <laughs> I said Hinton, but it's Linton. Mm. Yes, yeah. Kathy's husband. Yeah. But like him, like damning himself to right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that made me think of like, when I was in Hong Kong. I was in a production of. Have you ever heard of this play, The Last Days of Judas Iscariot? Oh no, just from you. I think. Oh uh, yeah. When you had just come back from Hong Kong, we were talking about it. 
Mm-hmm. And and it was I, I I played not the devil's lawyer, but I played I player I played a lawyer of the damned. Mm-hmm. And um and but the the my part's not important in in this. Like the, the my favorite part of this thing is the they're having this trial mm-hmm. about. It's and it's after the fact, right? Judas is in hell, and they're having this trial about whether or not he deserves to be in hell. Mm-hmm. And all of that spoilers, guys. If you you know skip ahead, but like all of that kind of comes to nothing because we find out that Judas is in hell because he believes that he deserves to be in hell. Uh-huh. And they even ha- they bring the devil in, like as a you know they call him to the witness stand, and he says like. Like he can leave anytime he wants. Frankly, I wish he would. Right? I need the I need the real estate. Right? He's taken up too much space. <laughs> right? And the the end. Jesus actually appears to Judas in hell, and you know, and it like basically, it's like like tries to convince him. It's this beautiful, beautiful. Go go and see a, a production of this play. This um, this this dialogue between Jesus and Judas, and and Jesus saying like, "I love you. You you need to come with me now." Mm-hmm. And and Judas screaming at him. It's like, 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 why, why couldn't you make me good enough to love you? Right. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's so beautiful. Um. Uh. But but it, that kind of goes with the idea that that, uh. And I, and I think this is a larger part of uh, a a lot of these religions is that before you can kind of get out of your own kind of like personal damnation, you also have to forgive yourself. You also mm-hmm. have to accept the fact that. God forgives you, right? It's right. not. It's it's not just um, like like oh, you know, uh, like like I I did this horrible thing and I'm going to live with it forever. And you know, it's it's like several levels, right? Like it's it's not like oh, I did this horrible thing, but ah, God will forgive me, and mm-hmm. I don't feel sorry. You have to feel sorry, but then you also have to acknowledge the fact that you are saved, right. which was a, a was a, a like a, a real kind of like um, a somersault for me to kind of like like get through my head, mm-hmm. you know, back when I was like much, much younger is that is the idea that yes, you have to feel like truly and 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 um, completely sorry uh, and repentant for a thing, but then also accept the forgiveness that you're being given, right? Mm-hmm. You know, according to this religion. And if you can't accept that, right, it goes into Oh, and again, like, Keenan, you're, you're, you, you've, you've opened up the floodgates. Oh, here. no. <laughs> um, but no, going back to the hell trap, but like with, with, a, with a happier message, right? Um, <laughs> We're bringing the happy message out of the hell trap. Yes, yes. But no, um, ha- have you seen What Dreams May Come? Oh, I've, yeah, when I was a child. That's Rob mm-hmm. Williams again. The Robin Williams movie, right? <laughs> yeah, so, but like he goes to, he, he goes, he dies. He, spoilers, yeah. guys, again. Um, he dies and he ends up in heaven and then he finds out that his wife has uh, committed suicide right. and is in hell. Mm-hmm. And he sort of challenges God or the angel or like just kind of like a representative. And he says, that is so cruel. Why would you, why would you, I'm, I'm summarizing folks, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. He, he says, like, why would you, why would you send her to, like, she was a good person. Like, why would you, why is she in hell now? And this representative of God says, no, 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 no. Like, we didn't do that. Like where her head is right now, where her like headspace is now, that's where she believes she belongs. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a self inflicted thing, and I, I love that idea of like hell being a state of mind, hell being a like you know like after you die, your your I don't know mental state just becomes the place, mm-hmm. you know. And because she couldn't forgive herself, because she she was you know feeling the way she was feeling, of course that's where she's going to end up, right? And so then the story. The, the, the story of the movie is Robin Williams has to go down and kind of like save her by, you know, by, by telling her how, how 
wonderful she is and how what a wonderful life they had and you mm-hmm. know and I'm not going to give it away but right. you know to what you're saying Keenan that's a that's a really like you know if there is a hell which I don't necessarily believe like that's what I want to believe it is it is it is like it is the struggle for us to to stay out of it mm-hmm. you know is 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 while we're on earth and it's and it's and it's more than just like avoiding doing bad things but like getting right in our own minds mm-hmm. in our own hearts right right yeah yeah, I really. That like sounds it. a little bit more like. Well, you know, in in Islam, it is it is also a literal place, but they but there is mm. the struggle, the um, the uh, oh God, what's that word? <laughs> the jihad. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. that is the that is the jihad where you are struggling with yourself and, and putting yes. yourself in the right place. Yeah, Mm-mm-mm. yeah. So so yeah, I I I really like that kind of concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, that goes into like the devil kind of like convincing you and tricking you into it's like there you go like even after like doing all these bad things i can see like i can see him getting to chris and karis and Mm -hmm. reagan in that way it's like look at all of these horrible things you did you don't deserve heaven you don't deserve salvation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you agree with me right just agree with me agree with me right (laughs) in in writing in writing here put it (laughs) right in your blood yeah yeah But I think I think that just like I I think his objective and mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in, in a second mm-hmm. is to make you fully and completely believe that you are unworthy. Right. Mm. So so yeah so going back to like like for Karis to be worried that his mother is uh, in hell right like as a priest struggling with his faith right like he he'd first have to accept the fact that there is a devil and right. a god and then that this girl is possessed. And then, like, somehow jump over the rules about the devil within his own faith, right? Mm-hmm. So he'd have to believe in the devil, but not believe what the church says about the devil not being able to, like, like snatch you away. Right. right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but then, again, Keenan, you could also just be right just because we have established that this is a man who is able to believe that there is no God, mm-hmm. but also that he, Karis, is unworthy of that not God, right? He lets both of these things torment him at the same time. So much like time and space mean nothing to Captain Howdy, and he keeps mm-hmm. right, making references to recording things on phones, right? Um, <laughs> logic seems to mean nothing to Karis, as as long as he can make himself feel bad, mm-hmm. right? Um, oh, you know what just occurred to me? We might have to explain to our younger listeners just very briefly about leaving a message, which is not for a voicemail. This is for a an answering machine. <laughs> Yes, which was, was on literal uh, yeah, a tape. It was on a magnetic tape. And so, yeah, everyone had an answering machine. Um, I don't know, in the 70s, whether everybody did. Sometimes people would have phone answering services that if you mm-hmm. um, you could leave the house and then and then uh, basically forward your, your number. Wait, that's not how it worked. <laughs> you, you, would, you, I, uh, you would have an answering service where if you couldn't get a hold of the person at home, you could then call a different service and leave a message for them there. And then mm-hmm. you would call, then you would have to like call into the answering service and get your messages from people so basically like a secretary that you would um that you would sort of uh forward this to this company um so then we were replacing those with answering machines um Mm -hmm. and everyone had their answering machine and then you would have to record your own voice for it um Mm -hmm. i don't know the demographics of our of our listeners so i hope this isn't (laughs) just ridiculous but you would have Mm -hmm. to like uh, record your own outgoing message and say like hey this is lester and keenan and we're not home right now and make little stupid songs and stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and so yeah that's what that's what captain howdy is referencing 
using here. This this was a point of like this this is how I represent my personality. This right. was like a like the clothes you wear, the <laughs> l- music you listen to, mm-hmm. and also the the um voice message prompt on your <laughs> answering machine is right. like, oh, that is that's so Lester, right? <laughs> right. Oh, I can't believe Lester just says, Hi, this is Lester. I'm sorry I missed your call. Leave a message for me and get back to you soon. And be like, right. what? That's, That's so vanilla. <laughs> right? You get judged for it. Right? <laughs> Odds are, if I had a, a, an answering machine, I would do... Well, actually, yeah. Keenan, mm-hmm. how, how many answering machine messages back in the day mm-hmm. do you think started with, your mother's in here with us? <laughs> oh, a lot of them. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That became a the phenomenon, joke of I'm the sure. 80s and the 90s, right. probably. <laughs> exactly. So in case we have any younger listeners, just, just to point out what that is, yes. <laughs> right, right, right. And then after that, we got uh, pagers, pagers, which you would think that was like, yeah, that's a that's a little thing that you, uh, that you uh, carry around with you, right? <laughs> so you would think it's like, oh, yeah, you just call somebody's pager and you can talk to them. No. No. <laughs> the pager just adds an extra little step telling you that somebody tried to call you. And then you ask the pager, well, pager, uh, can I talk to them? And they're like, no. No. You got to go home and call them back. <laughs> well, did they leave a message? No. No. <laughs> or yes, but uh, you got to go home. <laughs> but the way a page, sorry. So if you're, if you're, if you're young, you don't remember this. So the way a pager would work is that you would call and you would get, you, you would call the pager. So you had to have a different phone number for your phone at home and, and a phone number for the pager. So you would call the pager and it would say, what number would you like me to put on the pager to have them call you back? And so sometimes you would put your, you usually put your number, but sometimes if it was like your wife or something, you would live, leave codes instead. So you would mm-hmm. say, hey, if, if I picked up, Jimmy at practice. I don't need you to pick him up. I'll leave seven 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 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so you can just type that in. And so if you were also like cheating on your husband or wife or something, you could leave rather than your real number. You could leave a fake number. And so then mm-hmm. when your your wife sees your pager and tries to call it, it would be a Domino's or something. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sneaky uh-huh. sneak. So I'm giving you yeah. all sorts of adultery advice for 1987. <laughs> so if you find yourself back in time, that's how to cheat on your wife properly. And wait till Captain Howdy. <laughs> Figures out about pagers. It's like, oh, this is, but none of that seven 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 stuff. I got, a, I got another number. That's, uh, oh, Captain Howdy, yeah. you're a rascalable. It's, it's, it's six six six. Yes, we know Captain, <laughs> yes, Howdy. Captain Howdy. We, we saw that coming a mile away, really, because that's the number. Of the beast. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> you and your beast. Oh, boy, but yeah. So like the I I like I was saying. I think I think anybody who believes in possession. And, and, you know, uh, demons like, like kind of like entering into you and everything like that. Also just kind of like with that goes, uh, like the, the limitations of the devil in this respect. Right. I think th- those are like so well known, mm-hmm. um, to the people who believe in, uh, you know, demonic possession that they're probably less scared of that than a person who just found out about possession. <laughs> um, it, like, like it's like one of those like '80s movies where like a kid tries to convince his best friend that their teacher is a vampire, and then midway through the movie, the kid like discovers that it's true, mm-hmm. and he starts freaking out. But it's like the middle of the day, so the first kid is like, "No, no, 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 relax." <laughs> right? It's like I was trying to tell you about vampires. I know about vampires. They got rules, right? <laughs> right. So if you just found out, like if you're watching The Exorcist and you don't know, like, like the the actual religious kind of like basis that it comes from, you might actually be forgiven to think it's like, Oh, like Reagan's soul is at stake. No, no. right. Like, like anybody, anybody who like, like actually believes this and takes this seriously. Mm-hmm. Like if, if they were raised Catholic or whatever, they know that Reagan's soul isn't in danger. Right. Right. But that doesn't make it like a whole lot better. There's still <laughs> a lot of bad stuff happening. 
Well, like uh, Mrs. Peacock says in Clue, <laughs> oh, says, yeah. what are you afraid of? A fate worse than death? No, just death. Isn't that enough? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to quote, it was like, because uh, the guy comes in, it's like, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? By the <laughs> right, door. Right. It's like, but your souls are in danger. It's like, our, our lives, lives are in danger, danger you beatnik. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wonderful. We brought we brought Clue back. Yes, Eileen, Eileen Brennan. Brennan here. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Mm. The power of the power of a candidate. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, Eileen Brennan, who's in the Sting, who which beat the Exorcist. So fuck her, I guess. <laughs> 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 yeah. What are we doing? What are we doing? Are giving, we doing? giving airtime to Eileen Brennan here. <laughs> to Robert Redford and the other. Get her out of here. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but yeah. Uh, actually, Keenan. I wanted to talk about this. Uh, this like exact thing um, uh, is addressed in that extra scene on those steps with Father Marin and Father Karras. Damien basically asks, he says, if the devil can't steal your soul, then what is the point of possession? Mm-hmm. And again, folks, I, I cannot wait to get into uh, that scene because Father Marin gives him an answer that basically explains Captain Howdy's plan, his motivation behind this whole thing, mm-hmm. and also why... Howdy is doomed to fail. And that goes with my thesis as well. If you'll remember in our Mother's Day episode, I say, I believe Captain Howdy lost before the exorcism even starts. And yeah, I think it's I think it's unavoidable. I think in this episode with the introduction of the pea soup, um, I can finally get into what I think is the bigger picture of what's going on. So mm-hmm. sit tight uh, for that. Yes, pea soup is a big part of my argument, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so Captain Howdy says this. You know, your mother is in here with us. Would you like to leave a message? And we cut and we get this very cruel smile from Linda Blair here. <laughs> and it's it's like, I, I, I guess here is where the book and movie howdies align, right? Like when they're talking about Karis's mother, this is the... The ven- this is the venomous diagram <laughs> of book howdy and movie howdy. And the middle is making jokes about Dimmy's mom. Everybody right? loves making fun of Dimmy's mom. Yep. Yeah, that's it. That's, you know, this is, we got, well, we got a Dimmy's mom uh, 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 off. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're basically your mama jokes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. That's, that's like, <laughs> your mama's so dead. At, well. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's that, that's it. That's you know. Hey, folks, he's no Gilbert Gottfried, folks. I mean, right. you know. Yeah, I was going to say we just did Gilbert Gottfried, but even then, I, I think Yo Mama jokes are falling out of favor, right? Because they're typically yeah. they're usually like misogynistic or ageist or whatever. Right. But yeah. I, I I love a good Yo Mama joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. So now we cut to Dimmy and we see that he is shook right. as the kids say and I know I just said I don't think it's because he's worried about Mary Karras being in hell mm-hmm. I think it's more that that Reagan or or Howdy found him out right right like like she or he sees him right like like we were saying in previous minutes right he thought Karras thought his his grief was private right mm-hmm. he thought he was safe from that kind of scrutiny but to be known so quickly and easily by this child and then and then the question right is this a child right, right. and then and then yeah the, the question how much does it know like where mm-hmm. is my mother right now right right um and I, I think just the act of being found out of being so naked and obvious in front of this demon like like not even your thoughts are safe mm-hmm. and again it's like the opposite of a, a, a Clarence or a Christmas Carol ghost where it's like Mm-hmm. I see you. 
uh, and I'm like, I see you, I understand you, and I'm here to help. Here, it's like, I see you, I understand you, and wow, you're pretty pitiful. Right. But I mean, that is that is also the power of a teenage girl, right? As John Mulaney yeah. points <laughs> out, like children, children, get, children can insult you in ways that, yeah, you think are private. And everyone, mm-hmm. everyone who knows you and loves you or at least respects you just doesn't mm-hmm. mention them. Right. right, but then right. children are, are the ones who, who are like, "How come one of your eyelids is lower than the other eyelid?" And you're like, "No," <laughs> or whatever thing that you're yeah. most afraid of people mentioning. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, and folks like I teach middle schoolers, uh-huh. and believe me, like the drama they bring into the classroom, it's like, it's like my best friend said this, or you know, mm-hmm. like like the you know these girls said this to another girl, and I'm like, "You guys are monsters." <laughs> you don't say like, but they're right. <laughs> <laughs> They're very accurate. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean that. That yeah. That's that's one thing about uh, any anybody like any parents or or any kid. I hope there are no kids listening to this. But like, man, middle school is the gauntlet. It yeah. is. Yeah. It is tough. Um. Yeah. And if you can survive that, you can. You you know you've you've dealt with humanity's worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, just like, like, like bring that confidence of you having, having survived that you've been through the fire. Right <laughs> Now, any coworker, any, any peer, any boss says anything to you, like you survived middle school, you're good. You're, <laughs> you, you have the armor to deal with that. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, this actually reminded me. So I'm, I'm listening to a, um, a, uh, a new podcast right now, folks, oh. that I want to, that I want to promote. Um, it's called Apocrypals, <laughs> which I love. That's great. Um, and I'm, and I'm slightly angry that I didn't think of that. Yeah. Name. Um, I was like, oh, that's a, that's a really good name. Um, but it, it's, it's two, um, atheists who are just like reading through, um, uh, parts of the Bible, including the Apocrypha, which is like the, mm-hmm. the non-canonical kind of like, um, I guess not accepted as canon parts of the Bible, right. um, which is, which is like much more like kind of like, like, um, lots of like cool, like monsters and mythology and, and stuff like that. Um, and then also like parts of the actual, like accepted Canon, uh, Bible mm-hmm. and they're reading through it, uh, um, with the, the attitude of like, I guess, uh, professors, um, just trying to like, um, you know, uh, pick it apart and, and, uh, get meaning from it that way. It's really, really, yeah. yeah, Like historically and yeah, it's like really cool, fascinating stuff. But, um, they read, uh, this part, um, in, I think it's the book of acts Mm -hmm. where, uh, somebody was trying to cast out a demon and, uh, the demon, like in the name of Jesus and in the name of Peter, right? Um, you know, I want you to come out. And the demon turns to this, uh, this person and says, well, Jesus, I know. And Peter, I know, but who are you? <laughs> and that just goes like so beautifully with our first meeting mm-hmm. with Captain Howdy here where like Karis comes to meet him and Captain Howdy, the first thing that Captain Howdy says to Karis is, well, 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 it's you. <laughs> right and oh he doesn't have to say anything right. else it's just like you Ugh. right and karis <laughs> takes that at like at, you know any way he wants right right exactly it's bound to hurt you however you yeah. take it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so so the idea and again that just goes into um i think i think what this devil in this story is doing is is trying to um, you know, break down your your confidence and your defenses, uh, like like what you think of yourself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Karis seems very troubled by this, right? His, uh, you know, your mother's in here with us, that thing, and his eyes go from Reagan, and then they drop down, and as he turns to sit down, we see this little smile, which I don't think is a smile of confidence or self assurance, but I think that is what it's meant to look like, right? And perhaps he, perhaps Karis even thinks that's what it is. 
And so he says, if that's true, then you must know my mother's maiden name. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the like ultimate um, uh, security password now, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That's what it was. We have to move away from it because right. now you can find people's mother's maiden names yes. places. <laughs> yes. So right. I, I was thinking about that. I was like that. But he's if that's like, true, mm-hmm. then you must know my mother's social security. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. And then, um, you know, Facebook, uh, you know, these these things that go around Facebook and Twitter of like, hey, let's have fun, everybody. Tell us the name of your very first pet. Won't that be fun? And they go, mm. well, I don't know if it's true, but people have been suspecting that those are, you know, fishing operations to get this information right. from you, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The name of the street you grew up on. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I mean, you know, I don't I don't know whether I believe that or not, but mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I was someone who was, you know, trying to nefariously collect other people's information. Right. That's a, it, like, I, I mean, I can see Mephistopheles just looking. It's like, people just throw their information at you today. <laughs> right. They take pictures of what are, what they're about to eat. <laughs> right. This is, yeah, this is where we went on our first date. That's another security question. Yeah. That, that information is out there. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Like your, your, your information, like everything about you, like as secretive as, as you think and, mm-hmm. and as private as you think you are, like not only is it online already, but it's online by you. <laughs> like you were the one who put it up there. Right. Right. Um, wait, okay, but the, I mean, that's interesting there because um, so in the book, uh, he actually says, you must know my mother's first name. Right. Which is uh, like, I, I'm, I'm trying to de- like, okay, Keenan, what do we make of this? Because I've, I've heard something like it mm-hmm. over countless stories where like power over someone lies in knowing not just their name, but their like their true name, mm-hmm. what, what they would refer to as their true name, whether that be like their first name or their maiden name or, or you know, uh, uh, their, their birth name, right? Like, and I think even biblically, religiously, mm-hmm. names, names are things of power. And to know someone's name is to have some sort of uh, like dominion over them. Because this is a period when those are, you know, in these cultures, people would often have a, um, well, a pen name for sure, but also like mm-hmm. a war name, right? A nom de guerre, where right. you might know me if you're my enemy, you know me as this, but but my people mm. know me as this other name. And there'd right. be, you know, ruler names, right? So sometimes you would become king and rule by another name, um, right. which I think we are becoming less familiar with because Charles, you know, we're most familiar with the Windsors, right? In America, mm-hmm. at least. So like Charles was Charles. He took the name, the regent name, Charles. Um, yeah. Elizabeth was Elizabeth. And that was actually kind of shocking when mm-hmm. Elizabeth uh, II took Elizabeth as her first, uh, as her regent name, um, mm-hmm. because Elizabeth was this vaunted name. There's only Queen Elizabeth, right? The Elizabeth right. I, the great. Um, so mm-hmm. it was a little bit like, oh, wow, that's kind of ruffling some, not not that they did anything about it, but it was it was expected mm-hmm. that she would take a different name because of how important the name Elizabeth was to English right. Uh, culture. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I, I see this like all over the place, mm-hmm. right? In in other stories, in other religions, right? Even in even in just in Christianity, right? We don't have to go too far, right? In the in or or in the Abrahamic religions, mm-hmm. right? Names, names are a big thing, right? Um El Shaddai, one of my favorite songs, right? It by the power of the name, mm-hmm. right? God has many, many names, right? And then he has, you know, one secret name which is hidden from all of us. Mm. Right? So so in, in Well that what way, is it? He, I, 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 <laughs> oh, okay. It's a secret. Right? No, nobody knows. Nobody, so literally like, like, it's nowhere. Okay, that's very interesting. Yeah, it's, 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 it's unknowable. Wow. Right? Um, and then like on the other side of that, you got, um, and I guess this is, this is where we're going here, mm-hmm. the nature of names in relation to the demonic, right? Mm-hmm. But, and, and that's a thing. Like I've heard uh, it more from the reverse side, like in occult practices where people like actually believe in, um, you know, spirits and demons that you would summon 
them, um, you would you would do that by using their names. And there's this whole thing of like invoking versus evoking. Like when you when you invoke a demon, you're like inviting them to help you with something. You're basically calling upon them uh, for help, right? Mm-hmm. Almost almost always with horrible repercussions, mm-hmm. right? Like Faust. Uh, invokes the help of uh, Mephistopheles, right. right? We we could say that Reagan invokes Captain Howdy, right? Actually, okay, Beetlejuice is mm-hmm. a perfect example, right? He is invited to work with the Maitlands by by use of his name, which is Beetlejuice. Which is what? Um, which is... But yeah, so so that's invoking using a demon's name, right? Just remember, invoke, invite. Right? Uh-huh. Um, and also, don't do it. That's the other thing to remember. Don't do it. <laughs> um, and then you got evoking, um, which, uh, according to certain branches of like uh, uh, magic that deal with demons and spirits, is more like binding the spirit to your will, essentially making them your slave. Mm. Um, the genie from Aladdin is a perfect example of this, right? At some point before the events of Aladdin, someone somewhere found out the genie's true name and bound him to that lamp, mm-hmm. right? Um, the genie is actually a jinn, right. which in Islam, like, and, and we're going to get into more of this later, right? Uh, jinn are, are actually the other race of beings that God created at the beginning of everything, right? He created um, angels out of light, and then he created the jinn out of the, mm, some translations say a smokeless fire mm-hmm. or a subtle fire, right? And and just to clarify, folks, like jinn aren't demons. They're they a completely different thing, which as far as I know, like the other two Abrahamic religions don't have, um, unless I'm mistaken. They right? don't and have genies or they don't have other... They don't yeah. have. It's just like in in the other in Judaism and Christianity, it's it's angels and and right. Okay, man, I was going to say they have right? angels, right? Who are around? Oh, yes, yes. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but like, as far as I know, um, uh, uh, Islam is is the only one with that third uh-huh. race of beings, the jinn, right? Um, and they're not uh, demons. Demons are a completely. Uh, demons are, I think, just like in the other uh, Abrahamic religions, mm-hmm. uh, they they um, they were they are angels made of light. Who turned bad. Right. Yeah. And that's because of God's third creation, man. Mm-hmm. So so God, or Allah, said, um, this is my greatest and my most beloved creation. And all you angels and all you jinn, just know that I love Adam and his children most of all. And you all have to help and protect and take care of them. And that's why I made you. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's that one angel, Iblis, who says, hell no, pun intended. <laughs> um, and he turns away and he becomes the leader of the shaitan, mm-hmm. which, you know, sounds familiar, shaitan. Hasatan, Satan, right? But yeah, it's all there. And we're going to talk more about that in a minute because it reinforces what I believe is uh, Captain Howdy's big plan. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Uh, this idea of the names also reminds me of the Shibboleth, uh, which oh. is the um, which is, is uh, this idea of in-groups and out-groups that's in the Bible. So hmm. that is a, a way of pronunciating, uh, pronunciating <laughs> uh, this certain word. Right? Thank yeah. you. One of those is correct, yeah. Um, yeah. But they asked this uh, this foreigner um, mm-hmm. to pronounce a word, shibboleth, and they oh. say, hey, are you one of them foreigners who's going to come in here and, like, we're on guard? Like, are you a spy or are you one of us? And he says, no. And they say, um, I'm one of you. And they give him this word, say, say what this is. And he says, <sighs> shibboleth. And they say, uh-huh. ah, ah, no, this is a shibboleth and kill uh-huh. you and kill all the men you're with and kill 40,000 of you, <laughs> right? Because because they that, that is how they determine whether you're one of us or not. That is so cool. Yeah. I, like, I mean, it's not cool. It's that, not cool. Yeah, they slaughter like, all the people. Right, right, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. right. But what if you but just I mean, can't pronounce your shahs very 
very well and now they've, they've slaughtered everybody but but yeah that's an idea in um in Judaism in the Jewish Bible mm-hmm. of the shibboleth right that the that words mm-hmm. matter um that's the lesson that gets brought down from it that um there's a right way to pronounce things and there's a right way to know things basically that is that is really really interesting mm-hmm. i like as i'm as i'm kind of like you know doing this deep dive mm-hmm. into like angels and demons and and things like that um i've heard other people referring to like the hebrew language as a two-dimensional shadow of a three-dimensional structure oh yeah and how, it, how it's used like in magic and the occult and everything like mm-hmm. that and like you know like keenan the golem mm-hmm. is created by like by the power of a word right right like like you write a word and you put it into the the thing and it comes to like i love the idea that like language it, like like makes things happen right mm-hmm. right like or, or you know and like so even just calling the name of god or or you know like using it to protect yourself or something like that or to uh, you know order around a demon right, right? because and you're a sorcerer or whatever you know some some sects of uh, orthodox judaism don't say god and they don't spell god um right. they purposely do not say it and they use a different name for god so that they're not um actually saying god or they will i don't know how it works in hebrew but in um in english they will do g dash d because even to write the name god is um is to I don't I don't know if I, I don't want to hmm, I don't know whether how, how big of a sacrilege that is but but they mm-hmm. say yeah we're not trying to um, we can't reproduce what God is um, in the written word ah, but I mean like isn't isn't like our word the word that mm-hmm. we use right now God that's right? right even though we we capitalize it isn't that a term used instead of like the true name right like and well one of the true names is you're saying there's some secret name that's not Yahweh or Jehovah right right <laughs> it's so it's some, even more secret and than it's that. not uh, Hashem right it's even more secret right. than those right. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, if you get yeah. too close to it, it burns. It burns you, right? Or you know. right. Um, but uh, but yeah. So so even that's why it's parts of Judaism, not all of them. But so in mm-hmm. some Orthodox sects, right? That that at some point, even God, which was this not euphemism. I'm trying to think of the word that you're trying to think of too, right? Um, mm-hmm. It is it is a pseudonym of God, but that that has become holy enough that we no longer say it. Right. So the, uh, just to be clear, like the, the word G O D. Right. They don't they don't um, spell it. They never spell the whole thing or say the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, it like, and I just like all of that stuff. Like folks, um, like I teach, I teach, uh, Japanese and German and, and I am a big language nerd. I love languages and just like the origin of words and, and, and the power of words. And then, and then, you know, the power of names and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I love that stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I promise I'm going to be like geeking out about it, uh, in, in other episodes as well. <laughs> um, and I, and I probably already have, but yeah, just, no, just the idea of like, yeah, like names. Right. Um, and, but that's the thing. Keenan is like in okay so yeah to to, to get back to to this mm-hmm. right like all that to say this might be the first time right here where the idea of names and the knowing of true names has been reversed for mm-hmm. me uh, to where like the demon knowing Karis's mother's true name would prove that he has her or that he has power over her, right? Like in these stories, it always seems to be the other way around, uh-huh. right? Like the in, the invocation of spirits and demons using their names, right? A rubble um, still the, skin, right? Exactly. Oh, that's a perfect. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that is a perfect uh, uh, example right there, mm-hmm. right? Like all the power. Like I'm going to make this deal with you. I'm going to mm-hmm. do all these things for you, right? And the only way that you can kind of like overwrite it is by saying my name, right? right? Um, but yeah, the way Karis says it here, right, it sounds like there's some bit of Catholic lore that I'm missing, like, mm-hmm. like don't let the devil know your name. And, and that's fascinating to me. And I, and I looked and I looked, but I couldn't find anything where like 
our names would be precious to demons mm-hmm. and they would want to know our names so that they could like get us. Right. right. But of course, changing it from the book where what's my mother's first name, that's a pretty mm-hmm. easy password to get because um, sure. like 25% of women at the time of Karis's generation oh, no. were named Mary yeah. or Maria. Blatty's, right. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah Blatty's mother is Mary, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. mother was Mary of this generation. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, if you're Catholic, I mean, you could say everybody's mother is Mary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, Mary or Maria or Mary Jane or Mary Lynn or something. Yeah, Mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm, definitely. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, that's (laughs) enough. And now you've now you've kind of um, uh, put uh, a scene into my head Mm. where it's like your mother's in here with us. It was oh, that's true. You should know my mother's first name. It's. Mary, 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 Mary. Well, there are those those charlatans who do that, right? They have a big crowd of people, oh, yeah. and they're like, "I'm I'm seeing somebody with the name of Jay," and everyone's like, oh, "I know someone really special to me whose name is Jay, right? Is it right. J- James or Jonathan or or, J- or Jim or Jimmy or Jason or Joshua or Jacob?" And like. Oh, <laughs> right, Jessica. How does he do that? <laughs> My father's name is James Joshua Jessica. <laughs> and yeah, we want to be respectful of everyone's faiths on the show, but but I'm not respectful at all to those people who charge people money and and, and no. sell them um, false hope when they have no no background in faith whatsoever. They're just Absolutely. pure charlatans, right? And, they, yeah, and yeah. they get people and they they scream people out and they say, hey, are you in a place where you're really hurting right now? And could you, mm-hmm. like, they scream people specifically who are who are bound to, or, you know, more inclined to be manipulated and then they manipulate mm-hmm. them in front of everybody and then they make millions of dollars. And, right, right. Yeah, and they, are, they yeah. offer no, no actual hope to those people at all. So right. terrible people. It's the exact opposite of... Like what a what a what a religion uh, right should be, right exactly. is like just taking advantage of your pain and, right. and your you know like ugh right absolutely yeah. gross f those people right. f Professor Marvel and his <laughs> and his stupid little cart at the beginning of uh, of Wizard of Oz right. f that guy <laughs> ugh. and the wizard and he's the a wizard fraud. right spoiler alert they look a lot alike now that I think yeah, about it yeah they do I you know I've I've never seen him in the same place I'll tell you that one of them's like completely black and white I don't know what that's all about anyone's like green this is weird. Yeah. But yeah, okay. So, so like, like back to this idea of like, like demons knowing your name, and mm-hmm. that gives them like an edge, right? The only thing, the only story that that I that I know of that actually comes close to that mm-hmm. is actually a children's book series, which I'm going to plug here, folks. Um, if you're interested in uh, demons and you also want something a little bit uh, aesthetically darker than Harry Potter and also a lot more inclusive and less racist and transphobic, mm-hmm. um, I want to recommend the criminally lesser known series um, by Jonathan Stroud, that, that's S-T-R-O-U-D, called the Bartimaeus series, which is set in London, much like Harry Potter, uh, with a separation of magicians who are basically the aristocracy and the government, and then commoners um, who could do magic, but they are forbidden, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, uh, uh, like uh, I guess, keeping a tab on like literacy levels, right? right? And it's more a, a statement on the class system. Um, but it is told in large part from the perspective of a demon. Mm-hmm. And he is summoned by this kid who has bitten off like way more than he can chew uh, by summoning this demon Bartimaeus. And this kid accidentally lets slip his real name. And so now they're basically kind of like handcuffed to each other. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, you know my name and I know your name. I guess we got to work together, even though we hate each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a kid's book series. So you can kind of guess what happens in the end. It's very sweet. I love it. 10 out of 10. Go read it. Mm-hmm. Um, it if you want Harry Potter mixed with The Exorcist as a kid's book series, 
Go check it. <laughs> I didn't know I needed that, but it sounds like I do. The Bartimaeus series, great. The Bartimaeus series, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, so back to this movie. So the way that Karis says that line here, right? He says, if that's true, then you must know my mother's maiden name. He says it like, okay, all right, I'll humor you. But then there's like a pause after that. And he sort of looks down and inward like, am I really going to ask this, right? Like, am I, am I prepared for an answer? And then he asks, what is it? And again, that waiting look, like when he said, why not make the straps disappear? You get this like little, like, like twinkle in his eye, right? But not a good twinkle. It's like, mm-hmm. what did I just like, like ask for, right? Like, am I, am I about to get an answer that I don't want? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and here again, same thing. We get an unsatisfactory answer, right? We've cut to Reagan and she is looking at him. Captain Howdy is looking at him out of that face. Keenan, what are we supposed to think here? Like, I, I wonder if, you know, because it's us, right? And and we're trying to give more characterization to to Captain Howdy here mm-hmm. than is is maybe on the screen. What's this look right here? Is it like, oh shit, he called my bluff? Or is it like you impudent human, right? Like, is it supposed to be like unreadable in the way that like a wild animal is looking at you? Like, like you really can't tell what's going on. Yes, I love this look. It is emotionally mm. ambiguous, right? The Kuleshov effect, as we talked about, just sort of a blank slate. Um, again, with the Kuleshov effect, it, it's not that nothing is happening. Something is happening um, on uh, Linda Blair's face that we don't know what it is. And we can put mm. all sorts of things there. We, you know, as we were t- talking in the last minute, about what his motivations are, et cetera, what Captain Howdy's motivations are. Here, I could you could read it a million different ways, right? Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, of uh, of oh, you caught me. Yeah, exactly. All the things you talked about, you caught me, or oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna delight in ruining you with the next thing I do. Like right. all sorts of really super cool stuff here. Yeah, it is. It is um, anything we want it to be. <laughs> oh, I love it. Love it. Love mm-hmm. it. But. But yeah, so now Karis is invested, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, you brought my mother into this. Let's go. Let's do it. He gets up from the chair and he walks over. All the while, our camera is trained right up mm-hmm. on his face. So we don't see anything else, right? But we can feel the crossing of the room. And all the while, his mm-hmm. eyes are trained on that thing in the bed, right? This may be, I'm realizing now, the longest he has ever held someone's gaze. Uh-huh, like, yeah. I, I want that to be true, right? Like, <laughs> right. This this may be, you know, I'm aware this may be like a Hannibal Lecter blinking, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I might be incorrect about this. I'll have to go back and check. But at the, at the very least, it struck me. He does not turn away like he does in so many other scenes, right? His eyes do not falter as he says again, what is it? And then we cut to... Now, this would this would be Eileen Dietz here, right? Behind all that makeup, like a really good job. Like you wouldn't be able to tell unless you were watching it like like we were minute by minute. <laughs> like psychopaths. Right? Frame by frame. <laughs> yeah, like psychopaths, right? Like 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 Hannibal Lecter not blinking, right? You, um, you say it's Eileen Dietz. I will believe hmm. you, but oh, this is such a good job with by Dick Smith and Eileen Dietz hmm. and Friedkin and Owen Roisman, right? all the people who mm-hmm. create a character. Right. It it I believe it. I believe it's mm. Linda Blair. I, I guess, yes. I suppose if you tell me this is Eileen Dietz, I'll go, yeah, sure, that's Eileen mm. Dietz. <laughs> the only thing, like, it, and and again, this is just me, folks. It just, it seems, it seems a little different. Just the facial structure seems a little bit different, mm-hmm. a little bit more adult, a little bit, uh, I don't know, a little less um, chubby and cheruby, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then also... I was watching a YouTube video where Eileen Dietz was like, she was in an interview mm-hmm. and she was like talking with a bunch of people and they're like, Hey, let's, let's watch all of your, you know, your best scenes from the exorcist. Right. And this, this shot right here 
came up. Yeah. Right? Not the next shot, which, <laughs> which is which is definitely her, but like this one also. And I don't know if that was like a mistake on their part mm-hmm. that Eileen Dietz just kind of like let slip in there. It's like, oh yeah, that's me also. Um, <laughs> but this is, you know, it. I, I, I timed it. This is 13 frames before the mm. puke comes out. So that is slightly more than half a second. So, you know, so we're looking. So, yeah, so we're looking at her and we're like, okay, this is her, et cetera. But, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't even think and notice about who it would be until we're trying to break the movie, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Now this is, yeah, that's the weird thing. Like it is very quick and yet much like the, you know, the quote unquote subliminal flashes Mm -hmm. that we've, you know, seen previously of like the Captain Howdy face, I feel like today it, it lingers just a hair longer than if the same type of shots were used today, right? right? Like you can do like three Tyler Durdens in the time it takes to do <laughs> right. like like one Captain Howdy face. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, like Captain Howdy, like they they call it's like this is this is the like the the advent of like subliminal messaging. But like Captain Howdy stays on there pretty long compared to like Tyler Durden, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and I feel like here too, we see Eileen Dietz just a little too clearly, and we even cut back to her, and it's like okay, like like after she's puked, mm-hmm. and and she's kind of like like coughing and spluttering, like, but like enough is going on, and what's going on is shocking enough, right. to to where they were able to get away with it, right, and the sound and everything. I mean, so yeah, it it, it totally, I totally buy it. It totally distracts me. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I do want to point out that this is TVYNS, the version you've never seen. And so mm-hmm. this first shot of her puking, um, this has been done with CG and stuff, uh, which is unfortunate. Really? Yeah. If you look at it frame by frame. Really? Yeah. If you look at it frame by frame. Now I haven't, I've, I've been trying to track down, this is why I hate these director's cuts, et cetera, is that mm-hmm. I've been trying to track down the original version of this and can't quite find it online. I suppose I could, I don't know, probably pay for a lot of money to get the original version on a DVD or something um, or mm. pirate it, which I don't want to do necessarily. But the, um, but yeah, they have redone this first blast of puke with CG for sure. Oh, um, if you, I'll, I'll send you some screenshots where you can, you can definitely tell the difference in, in one or two frames. Yeah. Ah, oh, dang it. I don't, I don't like it's TV. baby. Lucas <laughs> it, it is exactly that way. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, just, we've said this way at the beginning about TV, the, the version you've never seen versus the original. Um, but this mm. is literally at, you know, within the same time period that they're doing TV S as George Lucas is going back and making the special editions. And oh. in, in Spielberg is thinking about replacing the guns in ET. Like this is of that same time period. Oh, God. So it's all of uh, it's all of the same impulse. <sighs> Jar Jar Binks is in here with us. <laughs> Misa just happy to be invited. <laughs> would you like to leave? Him? No, no, I wouldn't. I would not. No, no. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you some. Wait screen a minute. Grabs Wait a minute. Come tell. back. Okay. <laughs> He's running. He's like, no, no, no. I got, I got, I got more tauntauns in the background. Wait, <laughs> Karis, come back. <laughs> Darth Vader screams no in this one. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> no, no. No, Lester. No, that's the end. <laughs> Not even Captain Howdy would do that. No. Um, but yeah. It, yeah. Um, now, okay. Okay. Keenan, let's talk about this apparatus, mm-hmm. okay? Um, which which both actors had to wear. Um, Eileen Deets and Linda Blair. Eileen Dietz and Linda Blair had to wear this. I I think there is there is some like recordings of 
Eileen Dietz saying that it was made specifically for her. Mm-hmm. And I think this is this is where we get kind of the 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 back and forth of who did what and like how much was Eileen Dietz and how much was Linda Blair. Mm-hmm. But you you do have these these two actors saying saying different things. Mm-hmm. Right. But like I'm I'm gonna go ahead and 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 believe that both of them had to do because we've we see other scenes mm-hmm. where where vomit is kind of like just like like you know uh, um pouring out of Linda Blair's mouth. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like and you know Right. So they maybe not. they both did it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, they both but, they both wore the apparatuses. They both spit this stuff out. If Eileen Dietz is remembering that she had one specifically made for her, that's true because yes. that's the way that Dick Smith worked. He made individually molded um, apparatuses, right? He, right. he made gonna, ones that were on your face specifically. So he didn't just right. invent makeup pieces and say, stick this on and we'll hope that it matches. That wasn't the way he right. worked. Yeah. Right. Again, we were talking about facial structure. Right. Like Linda Blair is not going to wear Eileen Dietz's like, exactly. you know, vomity thing. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, let's, yeah, oof, yeah, let's talk about this thing. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't say that I have a fear of choking, mm-hmm. but this thing terrifies me. Uh, I, I, I don't think as an actor I would be able to do it. From, from what I understand, it is a thing that goes deep into your mouth, like into the back of your throat already. Mm-hmm. No, no. <laughs> um, and it's held in place by these like two plastic... Uh, wings these these two clear plastic like flanges that that grip the side of your mouth on the outside mm-hmm. and that is also where the hoses on either side of the uh, of of her face would go in and then back all the way to that uh, spigot uh in the back of her throat mm-hmm. so folks like imagine like like a horse's bit right oh, except Jesus. right yeah and imagine you, you you using it in a human mouth right right yeah <laughs> Yeah, back to the horseman again. Oh, um, but yeah, so so imagine imagine a horse's bit, except in the middle of the part where you bite down on, you have like a, a faucet head, right? Or like a spigot, but it's not poking out of your mouth. It's like inverted. It's going deeper <laughs> into your mouth and down your throat, and then the tubes on either side of your face are going in and down your throat and connecting to that spigot, mm-hmm. and then they shoot back out. That sounds horrible <laughs> like all like i'm i'm like my throat is closing up like right now just talking about it it's like ugh. now i've yeah. puked on on camera have you uh no, no i have not um so you know the way the way that we we use condensed milk which was perfectly fine for what we had to do but you know mm-hmm. you could also do like like they were like oh do you you know how chunky do you want this right do you want to see bit to this i'm like we i don't think we need that just based on what the shot is I'm like great <laughs> so so luckily you know it's easy enough to fake even with condensed milk which is sweet it's just such a strange mm-hmm. texture in your mouth that it's easy enough to fake like oh like it's bitter even though it is yeah, actually yeah. sweet in there so you know mm-hmm. i put some in i i, I uh, not drank some, but I put some in my mouth and then was able to, you know, uh, smile and act like, you know, like like there was nothing in my mouth enough so that mm-hmm. I could puke on camera. But that's not what they're doing here. They're trying to go from no. zero to 100 in the same shot, yeah. right? Yeah, this is this is like, the, and, and, you know, this is the projectile. Right, right? that's like, true. This is, yeah. <laughs> this is projectile. We got to shoot it at him, Right. right? <laughs> um, and, and yeah, so, and like we said, like both Linda Blair and Eileen Dietz, uh, you know, had to wear this. And they both say that when they had this thing in, mm-hmm. they couldn't close their mouths. Right. Uh, of course, right? And Linda Blair actually said in an interview that she was scared mm-hmm. because she knew, like, like deep down, she knew that if she like closed her teeth, mm-hmm. like if her, if, if her teeth touched, then the spigot head would break and backfire down. <laughs> oh, terrible. Like, oh, like, <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, so so that's how they got that effect. Um, and mm-hmm. and we'll post some some uh, some BTS stuff on the well, not some BTS, stuff, right? Like um, some behind the scenes stuff. Right. Um, not 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 that that famous band that everybody except me knows. Um, <laughs> I mean, of course I know. Yeah, oh, of course you do. Yeah, um, you're hip. You're with yeah, it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, bulletproof stuff. <laughs> Oh God! Wait, wait, though- hold on. Give me a second. I am remembering. <laughs> uh, uh, bulletproof Boy Scouts. Of course, it doesn't work in because it's Korean. Of course, it doesn't work in English. Right, it's yeah, Korean. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. So it does. It, the, the 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 acronym does work in in Korean. Bangtan Sonyeondan, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, which I'm not. I'm sure Perfect. of it. Yes. Yeah. So that's BTS. But no, we're not going to post any BTS stuff. Um, we're going to post some behind-the-scenes stuff, and we'll see this apparatus and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, now, for our next shot, where Reagan is not in frame, uh, we're trained on Karis, and they did him dirty here. I mean, like, not not Karis, but, like, Jason Miller. Right. Well, they did mm-hmm. Karis dirty here, too. Um, you know about this thing, Keenan? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Can I read to you from the screenplay for a for a second here? Yes, yes. Okay, a reading from the screenplay of Blatty. Another angle, Reagan Demon. Incidentally, your mother is here with us, Karis. Do you wish to leave a message? I will see that she gets it. And Karis is suddenly dodging a projectile stream of vomit, leaping out of his chair so that only his hand and portion of his sweater are hit. The demonic entity laughs mockingly. If that's true, then you must know my mother's maiden name. What is it? So in the screenplay, we just get mm-hmm. a little bit on his sweater and a little bit on his hand, mm-hmm. and he has dodged it enough, right? He dodges it. And yeah, then the conversation yeah. continues on as if uh, mm-hmm. we haven't had a scene-ending <laughs> major change. Same. Yeah. 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 That's actually, yeah, that, that's, um, as you read it, mm-hmm. uh, Keenan, that's, that's exactly how it is in the book, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. The, um, the, the, the vomit happens first, and then in response to uh, what is my mother's maiden name mm-hmm. or first name, um, she just doesn't answer. She just starts making animal now. Right. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Like a cobra, like a steer, it says in the screenplay. So cobra, mm-hmm, steer, mm-hmm. pig together. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All of those things. <laughs> oy, oy, oy. Yeah. But, uh, well, actually, yeah. And, and Keenan, like, what do you think? Like, like, would you prefer? I mean, this is a nice button to this scene, right? <laughs> it certainly this is. This is a good way. This is, this is Captain Howdy's argument. It's like, this is what I think. Blah, scene you know. over. Yeah. And scene. I, I can't do the thing with the hands because my hands are tied. <laughs> right. Exactly. But yeah, I, I, I actually kind of like that. It's just like, bleh, you know, and it's like, that's what I think now. Right? Like that's his. Yes. Answer. I do like that. Karis gets this stuff all over him. I mean, that is mm. good. So as much as, uh, you know, it is dirty how they did it to Jason Miller. Um, and mm-hmm. I am all for consent for things like this. Uh, right. Yes. That, 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 you know, it is good. It's very good in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So, so yeah, what, what Keenan is talking about. So, for this shot, um, they didn't need Linda Blair or Eileen Dietz, right? They just had a camera, uh, they you know, trained on uh, Jason Miller, and they had a guy out of frame with a pea soup gun, uh, essentially, like like a like a super soaker, like a like a pea soup soaker. No, no, that's terrible, right? It was like, like, or someone else, no, pea super soaker. That's Animaniacs, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's the reference. Um, Full of green yeah. penis. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So so for this shot, the whole time leading up to it, they told Jason Miller. They said, like, look, she's gonna spit vomit on you, mm-hmm. and it's gonna hit you in the chest. Right. And then apparently, at the last minute, Friedkin goes over to the guy with the pee super soaker, um, and he says, actually, hit him in the face. Mm-hmm. One take. That's that's the one they used. So the surprise and the revulsion and the 
anger on, not Karis, but Jason Miller's face. <laughs> it gets is, in his mouth, It Lester. gets in his mouth. <laughs> because once again, Friedkin lied. Mm-hmm. To, uh, Friedkin lied to and used his actors in this horrible way that, right. he, that he seems to like doing, right? Yes. Like, I, I can't remember if this is uh, if this instance or the gun instance uh, mm-hmm. a little bit later is when like Jason Miller actually like gets up in his face and shouts. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm an actor, right? right? That's why you hired me. You right. don't need to do these stupid, crazy things, mm-hmm. right? Um, because he was so angry that Freakin was was trying to like essentially trick a performance out of mm-hmm. him, right? Like, and and thinking of it now, like that's got to be you know. Like that's insult to injury right there right. because not not only are you putting someone in danger or hurting them or humiliating them in this way, like you're also saying essentially, I don't trust you to do a good enough job on your own. Right. Right. Absolutely. And and so like like while I agree with Keenan that it is this shot is a good shot, like it should have um, you know, hit him in the face rather than in the chest. Mm-hmm. I also believe like Jason Miller should have known beforehand. You, I, can, I mean, it's I, totally, I trust it, him yeah. to act. You right. Know? If, if you and I are working this, right, and I'm Friedkin and you're Miller, right, like, mm-hmm. like you could achieve this by saying, hey, hey, uh, Lester, um, you know, it, we're going to do one where it's on the chest like it says in the script. Then we're going to mm-hmm. do a couple where we're not going to tell you what's going to happen with this, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You, you, and you'd be like, cool, that's fun. Right. Yes. Like, like that's, that's great. That's a wonderful. Ex- yeah, like, yes, exactly. Okay. Like we're not going to tell you where it's going and, and, you know, could do all sorts of things there and that's perfectly fine. And you probably would have gotten a, a really similar reaction from Jason mm. Miller. Yeah. Cause yeah. he's an actor. Cause he's, cause he's an actor. Come on. <laughs> right. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah. Um, uh, now, Keenan, um, mm-hmm. there's there's a little bit of lore uh, about about the uh, I guess the uh, the the substance of this uh, of this stuff. Uh, do you, you want to tell us a little bit? Yeah, about Yeah, so we call it pea soup, and people mm-hmm. people seem to call it that right away after the movie. Yeah. So they know all about that, and um, and pea soup this, pea soup that. Yeah. yeah, people are really at, like they find out right away. Like, what is that stuff? It looks like pea soup. What is it, etc. And so that's mm-hmm. what we've always called it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that everyone's always called it. So of course, people would think that okay, it's Campbell's soup. Um, mm. But it is not Campbell's soup. It is Anderson, a brand that I Anderson's a brand that I had not heard of, except mm. for in this regard. And it yeah. is condensed pea soup, which yeah. is you know like what um, like if you're familiar with the Campbell's, right? You have to add water to it when you um, right. when you cook it. So it is that stuff. It's before they've added the soup to it. So it's really yeah. more like a pea soup base. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It's not quite soup yet. Um, so it is still chunky and 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 you know kind of. Um, uh, drippy and nasty uh and they've added oatmeal to it of some kind to give it some huh. further consistency so yeah so it is it is actually pea soup that's not like an urban legend necessarily um mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know people will just assume it's campbell's and, and that rankles some people yeah it's not campbell's, <laughs> it's not campbell's. Yeah. now we made sure we we're, we're absolutely sure it's anderson's right because like that i don't want to be on the receiving end of uh... well unless it's some elaborate hoax because i've never heard of anderson's brand soup <laughs> But that is what I've seen in several places. An M&M's Reese's Peaches situation. No, no, no. no, It's not Campbell's. It's it's definitely not Campbell's. We don't endorse possessed little girls. Right. (laughs) But um, yeah, that that is what you see mostly when people are – usually you see people say it's Anderson's pea soup when they are angrily correcting other people saying that it's Campbell's soup. I do know for a fact it's – Yeah. Um, but if you do Google um, Anderson's Pea Soup, the first thing you get is a couple of restaurants in Northern California called Pea Soups Anderson's. So that must be a reference to that. Interesting. Pea Soups Anderson's. <laughs> Pea Soups. Full of full of <laughs> smiling patrons and and green and at, no. no. So. And Captain Howdy's. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so so we cut back. 
uh, to the bed, and Linda Blair is giving us this amazing thousand-yard stare. Mm-hmm. Again, like the devil just did something devilish, like what I would call like a little victory here. Um, I'm I'm so sorry. I was doing well, some real-time research. Can I can I t- change what I just said? Sure. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I clicked one. It's not Anderson's, thing. is it? No, no, it is. It is. It is. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I had never heard of this brand, Anderson's Soup, but if you mm-hmm. Google into it and look at there are two restaurants in Northern California called Pea mm-hmm. Soup's Anderson's, and mm-hmm. they say that they have been serving Anderson's condensed pea soup for decades. So this is where the soup comes from, presumably. Ah, okay. Well, there we go, mm-hmm. right? Right. For, de- for decades or for millennia. <laughs> yes, our, our first our first restaurant opened back in ancient Mesopotamia. <laughs> I mean, right. Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Go Cubs. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, okay. So uh, we cut back to the bed and Linda Blair is giving us this amazing thousand yard stare again. Like, folks, the devil just did something devilish. Mm-hmm. What I would call like a little victory here, right? Like, like. You won that argument, right? That's that's how you win. You know, forget forget Dale Carnegie for right. just a second, right? Like how to win friends and him. Like that's how you win an argument. Is you barf mm-hmm. all over somebody, right? Right. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, forget Steve Harvey. That's how you win Family yeah. Feud. Just <laughs> <laughs> puke on someone like that. All right, for for, for all the points, what's the number one answer? <laughs> all right. Sh- show me. No, don't show me anything. Don't show me. No. <laughs> But yeah, so like, yeah, the devil just did something devilish, mm-hmm. but it is not smiling. Keenan, right. Like, again, that's like, you would think like, you know, a little bit of laughing, like that, that happens in the screenplay and the book, right? It's like mm-hmm. this, this chuckling, this laughing after it's like, I gotcha. Uh-huh. Right. But not here. Nope. Like, like, what do we make of this expression? Just stillness, right? Just like, Ugh. yeah, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of, of seeing what I thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Like, like <laughs> we were talking, we were talking before, right? Like, like back in the subway with Vinnie Russell mm-hmm. looking at Karis, right? And then, and then earlier with the people in Iraq mm-hmm. looking at Marin, right? right? And you were talking about how it seems to be like a theme of this movie: people looking at you and making you uncomfortable. And like way back when you said that. This was the shot I was mm-hmm. thinking of. Right. The right? gaze, G A Z E, right? Mm-hmm. The gaze. Yeah. Like yeah. like what is what is behind that look, right? Mm-hmm. And like we we talk about humanizing Captain Howdy in the book, right? Like he's cracking jokes, he's being sassy, he's playing chess with Karis, right? He's winking at the reader. Mm-hmm. This Captain Howdy has moments like this one that are completely inhuman. Like and and what I mean is this expression right here feels like something alien something uh-huh. be, beyond our ken right, right is looking at us right like i don't i don't want to get too stri- too distracted because we're already going long on this one but Mm-mm. like you know how in the shining danny can get inside people's minds and he can read their thoughts and he's like, got the shin he's got the sh- do you want to get sued <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so so in 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 the book, in The Shining, mm-hmm. uh, Danny actually tries this with one of the ghosts. Like it's it, he tries it with the lady in the tub. Oh, really? and yeah, and he says it wasn't like people's thoughts. It was like a bunch of black wasps mm. all hating him at the same time, and it was just this loud, incoherent buzzing, almost like static. And it got me thinking, like, how do angels think? How do mm-hmm. demons think? Right. Like. 
Linda Blair's face is completely relaxed here. She's she's not snarling, but right. she's also not like smirking or sneering, right? Her face is completely blank. It's like mm-hmm. Captain Howdy has retreated all the way back into just her eyes and is peeking out at us in this like insectoid way. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. Ugh. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, you know, okay. she has these she has these sort of um I don't know. Does she have contacts in? It's sort of. She must. Yeah, she must. must, Right. So she has this thinking of insectoid eyes, right? Like Mm -hmm. when an insect is looking at you, you know, they're looking at you, but you can't read insect eyes, right? Because they're, they're really compound eyes that then look to us like beads, but they're not really. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's something similar here where we can look into her eyes, but we can't actually read what she's thinking. Her pupils are extremely, um, what's the opposite of dilated? Um, uh, like they're, they're like pinpoint. I'm remembering. Hold <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, they no. Uh, <laughs> they're constricted. constricted. I just remembered. <laughs> right. Everyone talks about the boa constrictor. You got to watch out for the boa dilator. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, um, it gets you to open up. No, um, but no, yeah, like, the, yeah, her, her, her pupils are like, like pinpoints. Right. Mm-hmm. And that just, that just kind of like adds to the, the inhumanness, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, like, cause you, you see like, like, and they do this with like animation and character design, right? Mm-hmm. They make people's eyes bigger. So you can kind of like, it's like puppy dog eyes. You can, you can see the emotion, right? Coming right. from the eyes. And these eyes are like, it's like, like, a, like, like just two pinholes. And exactly. that, that makes it like unknowable right talking about being unknowable right right yeah almost like a mask itself right um and then okay so one more thing we have to talk about here Mm -hmm. keenan um we already mentioned it the pea soup Mm -hmm. um and i was like okay we're running along like let's have the pea soup for later but now i'm realizing like it doesn't happen as much as we remember right right like when does it happen again like not like this 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 is the big like parodied moment right like she spits in Marin's face later and she dribbles on herself but like there's nothing like this again the like right. blah, you know and then going back and looking at it uh from the beginning of this scene she's had green stuff all over her we didn't recognize what it was and now we look right. at it again we're like oh she's been puking on people and herself and right right yeah so okay so let's talk about it right let's talk let's talk about it symbolically mm-hmm. what it represents okay um so keenan yeah the pea soup which i feel like people almost maybe like forget or don't realize is not pea soup, right? Oh, nor, right. Uh-huh. nor is it like like some unique devil slime that Captain Howdy has made, right? Mm. She's not a xenomorph, right? <laughs> like this is vomit, right? Or it's it's supposed to be. This is human mm-hmm. vomit. This is right. Reagan's vomit, mm-hmm. right? Um, and like using, using Reagan's own body to like disgust and to repel. Right. Um, There is nothing supernatural about it except maybe like the strength and the force of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess going with Reagan's own like human superhuman strength right now. Right. Um, But it's not acid. It's not slime. It's not some demon concoction specific to demons. It's just vomit. Why? Why not like fire and brimstone? Why not green smoke? Why not a a swarm of flies? Why Mm -hmm. why not something more inhuman? What is Captain Howdy's tactic here? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do you think? Well, you know, maybe maybe if you're Captain Howdy skeptic, uh, which I sometimes Mm -hmm. am, I go back and forth, right? Maybe he Mm -hmm. doesn't have the power to, you know, bring brimstone and lightning and uh, Mm -hmm. things like that. Maybe he is, uh, you know, limited by his materials, which is a a 12-year-old girl. Interesting. Or a 13-year-old girl. She had a birthday, sorry. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's right. We we can't forget that, right? Right. Sorry. It wasn't a very good birthday, but (laughs) maybe we want to forget it. Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, okay, yeah, that's a good point. Like, well, okay, so we are like in in that assumption, we are we are already saying yes, Captain Howdy is real, but maybe mm-hmm. he's not powerful enough to to do this. Right? Yeah, right. Okay, um, and uh, to to like to do like fire and brimstone and stuff or like that. Thor stuff. You can't do Thor or you can't do Thor. He's not Thor. Yeah. He's not Aquaman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Even though I mean, like, like you know, this guy, this this demon is saying he is the devil, right? right? You mm-hmm. know, well, I, but actually, Keenan, that also goes with um, like what we're talking about, like putting Karis in doubt, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Because if if this girl really was spitting fire or doing smoke or flies or something like that, that would that would kind of like answer Karis's question pretty quickly, right? It's too right? vulgar it's like, a display of power. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, you know, this is definitely isn't a sick girl, right? Right. But what do sick girls do? They vomit. So <laughs> there you go, right? Um, but for me also, so this this is actually extremely significant. This is 100% intentional and it ties in with what Marin says at the end on those steps with with my thesis again. Like I don't know how much of this is is just me spitting theories. <laughs> um, but for me this is a declaration by Captain Howdy. He is pointing his finger at all of humanity, and he is saying, this is what you are, and this is all you are. Mm-hmm. Look at what I have reduced this girl to. And I could do it to you too, Karis, because boiled down to the barest components, human beings are just gross matter. All you do mm-hmm. is vomit and shit and bleed and die and rot and then you go back to the earth because that's what you are. Mud to mud, ashes to ashes, <laughs> dust to dust, that's you, right? Mm-hmm. And even while even while you're alive, you're just filth factories. And and what makes Captain Howdy angry, I think, is the pretense, the unbelievable presumption that we are somehow connected to God, right? Not only that, but that that we are his most beloved, right? That's mm-hmm. laugh right like when when he can make us do this right again mm-hmm. folks this goes back to that beautiful passage right where iblis or you know satan lucifer right refuses to bow down to adam because again god created the angels out of light you know the the purest cleanest substance on uh, you know that there is right mm-hmm. and and then he created humans out of earth right? right out of mud and 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 this is his pride this is this is you know the devil's pride because he is a spirit of light being asked to submit to this being of of earth and filth right mm-hmm. and then you know combine that with the jealousy the the incredulity that god would love this creature and share a communion and a kinship with this creature over over him and I know I'm I'm sort of like borrowing from different texts oh, sure. and you know stitching them together and filling in the gaps with my own you know characterization but <laughs> but you know that that's because none of these religious texts really get into the devil's head mm-hmm. um and I always thought this this story um you know from the islamic texts was was so telling of demonic nature and also of God's love for us dis- despite our flaws where the devil only sees our flaws right mm-hmm. he sees that we are that we are these base creatures right um and the devil is like like how can you love this you know this thing this gross thing and god is just like you don't understand mm-hmm. right and it's that trope in you know you see all over the place where like evil cannot comprehend good cannot comprehend like simple unselfish love mm-hmm. right like that's just that's just like look at all these you know these these pyrotechnics i can do and look at how advanced i am and and i have all the knowledge of the world and aren't i better for this and just just like you know being able to love someone and forgive someone and you know it's like dis- despite us being like these gross things right mm-hmm. And and so, of course, our Captain Howdy here is going to be like, look at what it is to be human. It's gross. Humans are <laughs> gross, right? And the funniest part, the most infuriating part, 
is that you can't even handle your own grossness. This girl is grossing you out. I spit on you and you recoil in disgust. Mm-hmm. The, hip- the hypocrisy. Your body does the same thing, Karis, but you can't stand it. You, 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 you stand here in these nice clothes. You wear this little collar and you think that that elevates you somehow, puts you closer to God, please. And mm-hmm. folks, that is Captain Howdy's argument right there, that we are not who we pretend to be, that we really are just this, right? Like one of my favorite lines uh, in Empire Strikes Back is when Yoda is talking to Luke about, you know, their connection to the force, right? And he says, luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. Mm-hmm. And Captain Howdy is saying, no, that's wrong. That's a fantasy. That's a lie that you tell yourselves. You you, you talk about, you know, um, you know, love and, and compassion for the poor and the lame and the sick. You talk about it, but I will show you, you will abandon this girl because human beings always fall short. Mm. So there it is, folks. That is my grand thesis. I think Captain Howdy is here to prove a point, right? That that man is not like God, right? Despite all these like lofty aspirations, all these claims that we are part of this uh, covenant, that that somewhere deep down we all share this like unspoken, very real foundation of like, um, you know, uh, uh, godliness and love and compassion and empathy for each other. Mm. And that's what that's what makes us more than just like selfish animals. He's saying that that, itself is just a selfish, self-serving lie, right? Mm -hmm. Our humanity is a construct. We are beasts claiming divinity. That's, that's the thing, right? And he's, he's trying to prove it with like, I'm going to take this thing that you love, right? Like you say that love conquers all. You say that love is real, right? I'm going to take this thing that you love, right? This girl, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to make you forsake her, right? And I'm not even going to do anything like unnatural. I'm going mm-hmm. to do the things that humans do. I'm going to I'm going to barf. I'm going to shit. I'm going to say mean things and you're not going to be able to take it, right? And like 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 eventually your disgust will override your love, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's the, that's the big thing, right? That's the thing that you claim like separates you from all the other beasts, right? Is this is this thing you share with God, right? Like love and compassion and forget like that's not even real, right? Like you can't yeah. you can't even do that and some you know some further i don't know about theologians but uh, a mm. lot of lay people this might be based in some theology somewhere but uh mm. we like to simplify that god is love right that, exactly. that is something they say um uh, i don't think i don't know that i don't think that's biblical right but that mm. is something you can correct me if i'm wrong but that's something that a lot of um you know, your people really deeply hold that that god is love that some people's idea of like what hell is is hell is the absence of god and the absence of love mm-hmm. um right and so they equate that with him yes and actually i, I that you bring up a very very good point that's exactly where my mind was mm-hmm. when i was when i was like like writing this argument is mm-hmm. that i i too like equate that like 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 our ability, you know, in, in my own faith, like, like our, our, you know, ability to have compassion for one another. I, I believe that, you know, that comes from higher up. Right. And I think that is, you know, a thing that kind of like connects us. Right. And, and, and so the idea that like, that's fake, mm-hmm. that, that we're just like pretending, you know, it's like, oh, it's just, you know, it's, it's, um, um, neurons firing in your brain. Uh-huh. It's all, it's all biological. It's all lust. It's all, you know, there's no true love. There's no, mm-hmm. you know, like Romeo and Juliet, they just wanted to get with each other. You know, <laughs> there's no romance with that. You know, you're animals. You, you just want to rut in the, in the bushes. That's all you mm-hmm. want to do. Right. Cause you're, cause you're like all the other animals. Right? right. And that goes again with like Captain Howdy making Reagan or, or other de- devils, like making their, their, uh, victims like, bark like dogs or, or mm-hmm. like, like, uh, squeal like pigs. And, you know, like, like, because it's like, oh, you, you know, you want to, you want to speak up now, Reagan, you want to, you want to say something? Well, you know, like it, it, it all sounds the same to me, you know, <laughs> let's make you low like a steer. Let's make you hiss like a snake. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just more animal noise. Right. Um, but, 
even even if we don't go spiritual, right? Like even non-religious people believe in, you know, the power of love, Mm -hmm. right? We want to believe that love really does conquer all, that we as humans have that capacity that we can overcome anything through love, right? Religious folks say that is the that is the connection, right? God, God is love, right? Right. Non-religious folks can say that that is what it is to be human, right? Human decency, right? Yes. And a lot of people who um uh, you know, uh, this is sort of changing, but for many, many, I mean, for millennia, a mm-hmm. lot of people didn't want to admit that animals were capable of love. Right. And that yes. is changing now as people, you know, with the animal psychology, et cetera. But even mm-hmm. just like animal rights, people are like, no, you know, when a, when a steer, um, or no, not a steer, sorry. When a, when a cow, when a cow, no, what's the animal thing? When a pig, <laughs> when a sow, <laughs> oh my gosh, when a sow is with her babies, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is, that, that, that is love. It's not, yes. it's not like just biological function. It is, it's the same biological function that we have with, with love yes, and our relationship precise. with and- our children. Yeah, and any anybody who has had uh, pets, like right. I have had, like you know, you can't you can't tell me that they don't feel love. Come on, right, right. Um, but yeah, but again, going going into the face of that, right? Like Captain Howdy says, yeah, that's all fake, mm-hmm. that's false. Like you know that that you know love doesn't exist; it's a construct, right? You know, it and and the type of love that um, you know uh, uh, that humans ask of themselves that they idealize is impossible, right? Going back to you know. Uh, uh, Keenan, we were talking about like way, way, way back in the beginning of this movie. Um, you know, we were talking about how Father Marin, you know, um, reacts to uh, the tea shop owner, right. right? Or how he reacts to anybody, right? Like with this, with this love and compassion that, like, even you said, like, is like this almost like impossible ideal that religions call upon us to to practice, mm-hmm. right? Like impossible, and you could say like like inhuman, right? Like this is, this is the, the, the thing that ties us to God is like unconditional. Like, I don't care who you are. I don't mm-hmm. care what you did, you know, uh, love. Right. right? Marin, Marin loves the tea shop, uh, attendant mm-hmm. in the book says that, uh, once he could not love this man, but now he, it, the implications that he could now. Yes. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, we juxtapose that with, uh, Karis who does not love Vinnie Russell and exactly. knows that he should. Yeah. And so Captain Howdy's argument is like, okay, even if that love does exist, even mm-hmm. if God does exist and that love is out there in the world, humans don't even come close to that, right? right. Humans abandon humans abandon other humans every day. And I will show you, I will take this girl, I will make her so repulsive that that even her own mother will eventually abandon her, mm-hmm. right? And, and while we're on the subject, Karis, hey, let's talk about how a son's love wasn't enough to save Mary Karis. Let's talk mm-hmm. about how her little boy turned away in disgust from that dingy apartment, from the newspapers on the floor, from the mm-hmm. cockroaches. Oh, and now he, here he is, a man of God. Oh, peace be with you, forgive us our sins, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from what mm-hmm. Karis? from what right that that's the like the the audacity that he would come here like and and pretend to be a, a priest uh, you know mm-hmm. like when when he can't even like not only does he not believe but like he can't even uh like aspire to that that level of love that is being asked of him right right yeah and like he's and gonna, you're gonna quit your job and because mm. you don't feel right mm. <laughs> right like oh because you don't have the right feelings boo-hoo-hoo for you guys yeah, right, right? <laughs> but, oh, but, you're but not gonna you're... help other people because of your your feelings yeah right yeah <laughs> and and you're you're the soldier of god right, right. they sent you it's you right <laughs> yeah and you're gonna you're gonna save this girl through the power of what the power of what compels me Karis. come on right. right so oh, he's so holy he's so virtuous he's gonna save this girl oh yeah like like that's that that is, and there we go. Like I've I, I've dropped it, folks. And and like, please write in. Tell me if you agree or disagree. That is Captain Howdy's argument. He's here. He's putting on a show. He's mm-hmm. here to prove a point. And that vomit 
which is a very human thing. Mm-hmm. He's saying he's saying the vomit is more real than love. Right. It's it's visceral. It can. Hey, Karis, you can taste it. Right. <laughs> great. Love it. Yeah. Hate it really, mm. but love it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful, Lester. Yeah, that's great. Mm, mm, mm. But yeah. Okay. So we cut from that scene in the bedroom, and we are back down in Reagan's playroom, and Keenan. They are watching us. Who? <laughs> exactly. We <laughs> we got a bunch of owls. Um, which, by the way, like, did, did we say what the what the collective term was for owls? Right. We talked I, about almost it, like, certainly. That's one that I knew. I wouldn't have to. We, look we that was one like up. doing like an embarrassment of pandas. Embarrassment right? of pandas, but it is a um, parliament of owls. Yes, a parliament. That right? is one so of my this, favorites. Yes, we got a parliament of owls looking us, uh, looking at us, um, and we, we got two that look like they were cut from a magazine, and, and and maybe then as we move left, we got we got another bird, um, a little crow um, of some cartoon bird looking, right? Uh, but it's two owls that have been cut out, and then it looks like Reagan, I'm presuming, because she's the artist, is trying to combine these two in her own sketch, right? Right, right. Yeah, we yeah. got a sketch there. Yeah, right. Um, and we and got then, a crow, not a murder of crows, just the one Not crow. a murder of crows, right? Maybe, maybe an attempted murder. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, I'm take that out. Um, <laughs> no, you leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and uh, and then uh, if you missed it before, folks, here's the big bad wolf again, right? <laughs> Dressed as grandma and uh, you know eyeing Little Red Riding Hood, right? Mm-hmm. I forgot about this close up. I, like I thought we were, I thought we were so clever uh, in episode twenty three, like half a year of, ago, folks. Like I was so proud of myself. I was like, oh, careful, viewers will notice this the scene where Reagan is talking about Captain Howdy and a picture of the big bad wolf is mm-hmm. is behind her. I really thought we were catching something mm-hmm. that, like we would never see again, and now here it is, just a slow pan. And it's like freaking is like, yeah, yeah, see? Like, big bad wolf right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big bad close-up of uh, the big bad wolf. Yeah, I, I like that big bad close-up. Yeah. Um, so and Damien's looking at him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> when we cut to the wide shot. It's yeah, Damien is looking at this big bad wolf and thinking. Yeah, right. He's he's I, well, I don't know what he's thinking. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, we we see he is uh, he is exactly where Reagan used to be way back in the beginning mm-hmm. of the film. Right, he's behind that little work table with all its little clay paper mache uh, sculptures. Right, we got we got the dumb bird looking right at him right um mm-hmm. and he's he's standing up and he's he's looking at what we were just looking at all these all these pictures and drawings right and yeah and keenan i see something else too that drawing of the the, the bears the sheep remember like we were we were arguing about <laughs> right. what, like what those were but we both agreed that they were they yes. were beasts right they're yes beasts, not no. friends yeah. they're beasts that drawing is up on the wall do you see it uh, I it, don't. But that look would where Karis's shadow is. It is. It is below uh-huh. the owls. That is the exact same one. It, uh-huh. is, right? yep. it, it's very. It's blurry, it but you can see like the two Carl and Willie sheep, right? And the mother and the daughter in the middle, right? And the sow in the top well, left. Well, right? that's that's not right, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, no, it is there, but that doesn't make any what? sense. That the drawing is there when because we saw it. Upstairs. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. It's, it, so that okay, that means. That at some point after Kinderman left, right, and after all this stuff that happened, like, do you know what Chris did? Do you know what she did? <laughs> you know what she did down there? <laughs> Chris, Chris came back upstairs. No, she she came back downstairs. She came down from the crucifix yeah, scene and went back right. to the kitchen, picked up this drawing, and was like, eh, you know, maybe. And then she hung it up. Right, she that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and so I, I can't decide if that's if that's weird or heartbreaking. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I guess like, that's I, true. Like, yeah. like, this is um, like, I may never see my daughter again. I need to like preserve mm. everything of hers. Right. Mm. Maybe. 
it, I don't and know. Maybe, maybe, maybe put all the stuff that's up there and bring it downstairs into this little corner. Um, mm. Yeah, that could be potentially heartbreaking. All right, you've you've sold me on that. Yeah, because yeah. like we've cleared out the whole uh, Reagan's bedroom is devoid of anything Reagan. Yes. And so potentially Chris is going through and taking all the stuff out from the ground floor and bringing them down here. Yeah. And, you know, she doesn't necessarily think she's going to spend a lot of time down here. She doesn't do the laundry, mm-hmm. right? That's what Willie and Carl are for. Right. But in this case, she has to do laundry right. because mm-hmm. we have her guest who's been puked all over. Right. Has been puked all over. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. All right. All right. I like it. I like it, Lester. Yeah. It's like it, it, it like. But I want to talk a little bit more about this room, this mm-hmm. reprisal of Reagan's art and her and her like safe space uh, that, you know, with her not in it. But I feel like, you know, we are running long. So I'm going to save it mm. for the next time, actually. Great. Um, so, yeah. So we got Karis and he turns away from these drawings and we see that uh, he's got a cigarette, uh, which is almost <laughs> down to the filter by now. So so you right. get the feeling that like some time has passed. Right. And and of course, like we cut and we see, yeah, Chris has washed, dried, and is now ironing that shirt that Reagan uh, vomited on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, another quick cut, and we're back with Karis. He has picked up some drawings from the work table and is now looking closely at these. And if I remember, those are some pretty disturbing drawings, but we will have to wait until next time, uh, until the next minute, uh, to get a good look at them. Um, that is all my notes for this minute. Keenan, is there anything else that we missed? No, I think we got it. All right. Folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I've been Lester Ryan Clark. You can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz. You can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd as Howdy Keenan. Yeah, we got our listener group, Compelling Conversations. Go check that out and request, and request to join, and we'll let you in here with us, in here with us. Um, thank you so much to everyone who has shared the show by word of mouth or on social media. And a big thank you to everyone who has uh, given us a five-star ratings. I, I just checked. We got another one today, Keenan. <gasps> Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> they like us. They really like they us. They really like the us. Sow is mine. No. Um <laughs> Yes, um, we really appreciate it, guys. And that's going to help our little podcast grow and find more cool people like you. Mm-hmm. All right. Heenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time. The, the power, power of Beetlejuice compels you. But no! That's your third time, Lester. No! no! I only said it once, thank God. <laughs> I was waiting. I was I was waiting for it's like um, minute one sixty seven, so mm-hmm. I could do the I've seen the Exorcist one hundred and sixty seven times, <laughs> and, and it then keeps I was like getting funnier every fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, wait a minute, Lester, this movie isn't one hundred and sixty seven, right? <laughs> so we can never do that joke except now when we just did it. Yeah. <laughs>